Welcome back to Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. We're a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover just about any SoCal sports team, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Season 2, Episode 53 of Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. It's get better week for the LA Rams and their fans. Hopefully, the Rams travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are also reeling a bit, 3-5. and five. Who would have ever thought that Bucks and Packers would both be 3-5 and five? And the Rams would be three and four. And maybe some people saw it coming. I didn't. I knew this was going to be a tough year for the Rams just based on their schedule, losing some key guys, but I thought they'd be in a better position than they are at this point in the season. Three and four, hitting the road, traveling across the country to take on the Bucks. And we're going to have a preview of that game coming up shortly. We are also going to have another one of our Who's Pumped, Who's Pissed, Who's Perplexed segments checking in on fan bases across the league, and of course our Rams Up straight up game picks. But we'll get through some news here first. The Rams did not make a trade at the trading deadline. That surprised a lot of Ram fans. A lot of Ram fans extremely disappointed, but hey, we don't know how hard they tried to make a trade. You know, it takes two to trade. You need a trading partner that's going to accept your offer. So I suspect less need in the Rams tried to make some trades. It just wasn't happening. And if that's the case, hey, it is what it is. Rams are going to roll with what they have. We know they made a run at Christian McCaffrey. Wasn't good enough. They also made a run at Brian Burns. We know that. According to Albert Breer, the Rams offered multiple first-round picks and Cam Akers for Burns, the edge rusher. And Panthers turned it down. So what are you going to do? Criticize the Rams for not making a trade? A lot of Ram fans saying, how could we have not gone after an offensive lineman, myself included. But, you know, if we get Coleman, Shelton, and or David Edwards back anytime soon, our offensive line might be in okay shape. There were a couple of trades worth noting. The Lions sent TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings, a divisional rival. And I thought the Lions could have got more for him. And the Vikings had a really good weapon making a push for survival in the NFC playoffs. And Miami trades for Bradley Chubb, perhaps the best edge rusher on the market, a guy the Rams might have shown some interest in. And included in that trade was one of the picks the Dolphins got from the 49ers when the 49ers moved up to grab Trey Lance. The Dolphins got three first-round picks from the 49ers in that trade. And they have used those three picks to move up and draft Jalen Waddle, to trade for Tyreek Hill, and now to trade for Bradley Chubb. All for Trey Lance. Crazy. I think the Dolphins won that trade so far. Going to get through uh, a look back at that dismal Ram 49er game. Really just a dismal quarter and a half. Halfway through the third quarter, Rams were leading 14-10, to 10, had the ball, had to punt, and it was all downhill from there. But there were some good things that come out of that game. Got some pro football focus grades for you. Rob Havenstein graded out 88.5. 
allowing only two pressures and zero sacks. He was on his game. Cooper Cup, of course, 77.8. Stafford had a good game, 74.9. Brian Allen welcomed back into the fold, and he played well, 67.9, and Allen Robinson, 66.2. Now, those were our five highest-graded offensive players, and those scores are not really anything to write home about as a group, but Havenstein, Cup, and Stafford all had good games. On the defensive side, Leonard Floyd was a standout 85.2. Not a lot of great grades after that. Some decent ones. Ramsey, 70.6. Greg Gaines, 70.2. Justin Holland, 64.6. And Aaron Donald, 64.5. So again, some okay scores, but you need better than that if you're trying to beat a divisional rival that's fighting for their life. Big game for Floyd, finally breaking through, gets his first two sacks of the year, finished with nine tackles. That's four tackles plus five assists. Darion Kendrick, as I mentioned earlier, led the team in solo tackles. And who struggled? Tight end Bryson Hopkins, 54.4, and Higby, 47.5. And Jefferson, just 50.3. I guess they're great in him on his ability to get open. Did not have a target. Malcolm Brown, just a 44.0. Bobby Evans, yikes, 42.3 with a pass-blocking grade of 15.5. Something's got to give at left guard for the Rams. The poor grades on the defensive side, Marquise Copeland, 52.1. Darion Kendrick, as I mentioned in our last podcast, he struggled 49.6. Bobby Wagner, an uncharacteristic low-grade 43.3. I'm going to have to go back and look and see what happened here. According to Pro Football Focus, he was exploited in pass coverage, allowing five catches for 65 yards. Only five times the guy he was covering was targeted. So Wagner struck out on those opportunities. And I mentioned prior to the season starting That would be Wagner's Achilles heel. He struggled in coverage at times last year, and I wondered if they would even pull him off the field on passing downs. And then I heard he was going to be the defensive play caller, so he's going to be out there all the time. And the 49ers took advantage of him. Troy Hill, just a 42.9 score, and Terrell Lewis really struggling to get to the quarterback 41.6 overall grade. The Rams' first injury report out this week, Brian Allen, swelling in the knee. That's a little troubling. Did he come back too soon? I hope not. Man, just getting our hopes up that the offensive line is going to get pieced back together and we get that news. Van Jefferson also limited. Cooper Cup, they held him out, but he is expected to play on Sunday. And the Cam Akers saga continues. Apparently the Rams turned down multiple trade offers, didn't work out, and now McVay says they're trying to get him back into the fold, trying to reconcile Akers with the team, so we'll see how that goes. In my opinion, if Kyron Williams is coming back and hopefully, hey, maybe he'll play this week, you know, maybe we don't need Cam Akers at this point. Don't need the drama, need to move on. Let's see what Kyron Williams can get done. You know, I used to do a section on, you know, correcting my mistakes. And 
hey, I hardly make any mistakes, right? So I got away from that. But last week I made two. Running back Travis Etienne, I mentioned him and I butchered his name. And the other mistake I made, and I corrected this, depending on when you listen to the podcast, I said the Rams could be in first place in their division, barring tiebreakers, of course, if Seattle loses and the Rams win. But that's not true. They would still be half game behind Seattle. In two weeks, though, they could definitely be in first place. Again, probably not looking pretty when it comes to tiebreakers, having lost the 49ers twice. But those are two mistakes I made last week, so I apologize for that. And before we move on, I wanted to add to my list of whose team's seasons are over, whose teams can kiss this season goodbye, We already had, who did we already have? We already had, let's see, week six, we counted out the Panthers and the Commanders. May have been a little hasty on both of those, but no unringing the bell. When I say they're done, they're done. Week seven, we counted out the Texans and the Lions. And week eight, we have two more teams. Who are they? The Jacksonville Jags, a team I showed a lot of love early on. They are two and six, upcoming on their schedule are the Chiefs, Ravens, Titans, and Cowboys. Yes, I'm saying goodbye to my beloved Jags. They are done. And who else is done as of week eight? The Pittsburgh Steelers, also two and six. I'm calling them done. They're going nowhere. Mike Tomlin is going to finish under 500 for the first time ever. The Steelers are also done. Thank you for participating, Jacksonville and Pittsburgh better luck next year. No one else to rule out at this point. The Bears at three and five are on my watch list. The Raiders are two and five, bringing up the rear in the AFC West, but their schedule suggests they could run off a few wins, but we may be talking about them next week. And that's it. Those are the teams we're keeping an eye on. So we got six teams that are done, irrelevant, looking forward to next year already. We'll check in on this every week moving forward. Next up, our preview of the Buck-Rams game, followed by who's pumped, who's pissed, who's perplexed, and our Rams up, straight up game picks. Let's preview this week nine game, the Los Angeles Rams visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Rams lead the series 19-9. The last time they played, oh, what a great memory that was. The NFC Divisional Round, an epic game. The Rams won 30-27. That was the game where the Bucs made that great comeback and then Stafford to cup as time runs out to set up the game winner. These two teams have three memorable games in my mind, all three playoff games, and in all three instances, the Rams went on to the Super Bowl. The 1979 playoffs, the Rams shut the Bucks out, went on to lose to the Steelers in the Super Bowl. The 1999 playoffs, that was the game with the Ricky Pearl catch. Rams went on to beat the Titans in the Super Bowl. And just last year, I already mentioned it, Stafford to Cup. Rams beat the Bucks and go on to beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. One bad memory, that 2019 game, the Bucks and Jameis Winston beat the Rams 55-40. to Just one of those games that came out of nowhere, kind of like the Rams lost to the Jets, just didn't see it coming. 
head coaches Todd Bowles, key players, Tom Brady and Mike Evans on offense. Those are the two main dudes. Leonard Fournette, who has not had a good year on defense. Levante David and Vita Vea. Vea, one of the best in the league in the trenches there on the defensive side. Another one of their key guys on defense, outside linebacker Shaq Barrett, is on injured reserve and will not play in this game. I'm not certain how their draft picks have worked out. They had two second-round picks, defensive lineman Logan Hall and guard Luke Godecki. Fifth-round pick cornerback Zion McCollum is a guy I liked for the Rams. Some stats to pay attention to. On offense, the Bucks are averaging 330 yards per game. They are dead last running the ball, and the Rams right behind them are the second worst at running the ball. From a defensive perspective, the Rams are the seventh best at defending the run, while the Bucks are giving up 132 per game. So something may give here. Is this the game where the Rams can move the ball on the ground a little bit? Hope so. That could make a big difference. Bucks are favored by two and a half. Weather looks like it's going to be pretty warm in the high 80s. Usually not as humid this time of year as during the summer, that's for sure. Team records, Bucks come in three and five, Rams three and four. The Bucks opened up with wins against the Cowboys and Saints. Then they got edged by the Packers and they lost to the Chiefs. They beat the Falcons and now they have lost two straight against two teams everyone expected them to beat the Steelers and the Panthers. The Rams, of course, had that win over Carolina, a bye week, and then last week the loss to the 49ers. My fearsome four keys to the game. Man, you know, this team is driving me crazy. Uh, I'm going to start sounding like a broken record here. But the one thing you got to do against the Bucks. my fearsome key number one, is don't let Brady stand back there like he's Jimmy G all day long finding receivers. Got to get some pressure on them. Now, I've seen some Twitter action on this very subject where the Rams are actually winning the pass rush battles, but the soft coverage is allowing guys to get open. That's the Rams' defensive philosophy and has been for a while. Maybe they clamp down a little bit on the coverage against Brady, allow the pressure to get to him. We'll have to see. It's a dangerous game you play with Tom Brady, but he's not the same player he was two or three years ago. It's just not the same guy. But still, here's some key number one. Got to get to Brady. And if that means tightening up the coverage a little bit, so be it. Here's some key number two. Hey, run the ball. Uh, in past weeks against some opponents, I would say don't get obsessed with trying to run the ball. Play action on first down. Get the pass game going. And then maybe that'll open up some run lanes for you. In this game, I think we got to try to move the ball on the ground. And I think we can. Here's some key number three, win a turnover battle just once. A couple takeaways would be nice. We are just in this rut of coming oh so close to having takeaways. And there's just too many cases where we should have had it, could have had it, and we didn't get it. Now, I know some of that's luck, but hopefully our luck will change. Here's some key number four. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Just make sure you get points when they have the opportunity. If it means a 48-yard field goal 
when you're fourth and one. That means you don't go for it and take the field goal. And this is the game to do that, I think. A couple field goals, a couple touchdowns will win this game. Take the points when you have the opportunity. Don't walk away with no points. Now, red zone efficiency is always important. You get those touchdowns instead of field goals. Yeah, your chances of winning goes up. But take the points in this game. Take the points. My prediction, Rams 20, Bucks 17. It's going to be a low scoring, close game. Enough of this mediocre Rams play. This is a team they should beat. And every time they've played a team they should beat, they have won. And that'll be the case this week. Rams 20, Bucks 17. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. And you're looking for a same-game parlay for Week 9? How about this? Take a look at the Seattle Seahawks visiting the Arizona Cardinals. The last two times these teams have played in Arizona, 68 and 71 combined points. And Tyler Lockett, a total of five TDs. So focus on that game. Take the over on the point total. Take any prop you can find involving Tyler Lockett and take the over. And also take James Conner on the rushing yardage over as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, with the trading deadline now past us and eight weeks of the season behind us, I think it's a perfect time to get back to our who's pumped, who's pissed, who's perplexed segment taking the pulse of fan bases across the league. This is always a lot of fun. I have five fan bases who got to be pumped right now. How about the Seattle Seahawks fan base? Geno Smith tearing it up while Russell Wilson is still struggling in Denver. Had a better game in London, but man, was that a cringeworthy video of him talking about the flight over. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but... The Seahawks fan base has to be flying high right now. Defense is playing really well with those two young cornerbacks. Got a bunch of draft picks next year as well. Five and three atop the NFC West. I still think they're going to come back to earth a little bit, but they got to be pumped right now. They got to be stoked. And sadly, another fan base that's really pumped is the 49er fan base. They come into that game last week against the Rams, three and four. Some of their best players out, including Debo Samuel and Dre Greenlaw. They just added Christian McCaffrey. A loss there would have been devastating. Fall to three and five, even though they have this new acquisition that's going to 
help them get to the Super Bowl potentially. And then what do they do? They rally and dominate the Rams in the second half, improve to four and four. Christian McCaffrey scores touchdowns running and receiving and also throws a touchdown pass. I mean, it's like the ideal scenario coming out of that game for the 49ers, beating their arch rivals, improving to four and four, and kind of get healthier too and scarier. 49er fan base has got to be pumped. And the Minnesota Vikings, those fans up north have to be stoked. No one's talking about the Vikings that I can see. They're six and one, three wins better than the Packers and the Bears. And they just added TJ Hawkinson. So that arsenal now includes Hawkinson, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook. The Vikings have almost already written their playoff ticket. I think they're going to win that division going away and getting better with TJ Hawkinson on board. Atlanta Falcons fans have to be pumped. They pull off that win in overtime to improve to 4-4 four and four atop the NFC South. Who would have thought? I mean, most people were picking the Saints and the Bucks to compete for first place in that division and the Falcons. I don't know if it's going to last. I really like the Falcons. I like what they're doing there. And they had a couple of possible wins slip away on them as well. So Falcons fans are pumped. Again, not sure if they're going to end up winning that division, but they got to be happy right now. And how about the Miami Dolphins? Already one of the most exciting teams in the league with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell tied for second place with the Jets in that division. It's going to be a scramble for a wild card spot in that conference going to be crazy going down the stretch but the Dolphins will be in the mix and they added Bradley Chubb and that's what Dolphins fans are pumped about that defense just got a whole lot better and the Dolphins primed for a playoff run now Tua's got to stay healthy Tyreek Hill having a magical year Jalen Waddle with the best touchdown celebration ever Dolphins fans are pumped Three fan bases I identify as being pissed. One is the Carolina Panthers fan base. They trade McCaffrey and they pick up a win the following week. And then this past week, Walker hits DJ Moore for what looked like the go-ahead touchdown. Moore tears his helmet off while he's celebrating and gets penalized, pushes the point after back 15 yards, and they miss it and they lose in overtime. But they're doubly pissed. It's not just that. It's the fact that that probably shouldn't have been a penalty after all. DJ Moore was not on the field of play when he took his helmet off. I didn't realize this. I was watching this when it happened, and it didn't even cross my mind that, hey, they're not going to call this penalty. He's not on the field. That's a big loss, a divisional loss to the Falcons. Falcons in first place now, and the Panthers wondering, what if? And the Raiders fan base has to be pissed. The the thing about the Raiders is, this happens to them a lot. There's always a lot of excitement around the Raiders, whether it's warranted or not. Their fan base gets excited pretty easily. Kind of put them in the same category as Cowboys fans. I don't think they're very realistic a lot of times. And it's happening to them again, where... They really thought they were going to make a run at the playoffs, and then they just get thumped last week by the Saints to continue a pretty dismal year. 
they have to be pissed. But then again, maybe they're not because they're Raider fans. And who else is pissed? I, I kind of threw this team in. Maybe, I don't know if their fan base is really pissed, but maybe they're more perplexed. But the Bengals fan base, that offensive line continues to struggle. They lose Jamar Chase. They lose to a divisional rival, the Browns, who they have trouble with, but who they probably shouldn't be having so much trouble with. And it's looking like the Bengals have a bigger hangover than the Rams, really. But losing Jamar Chase, that's really got to hurt. They got to be kind of pissed. Three fan bases that are perplexed. One is the Lions fan base. 75% of every game, they look like a really good team. And the the rest, the other 25% is just enough for them to find a way to lose. Now that Patriots game probably doesn't count. That was just an anomaly. They got hammered. But all these other games, the games I've watched, they look really exciting and competitive. Their defense obviously has some issues, but they're a team on the rise. They really are. At least I think they are. Maybe they'll make a change at quarterback next year. But then they trade TJ Hawkinson. I'd be perplexed by that if I was a Lions fan. Jared Goff's favorite weapon, a proven quantity at tight end, one of the better tight ends in the league. And I don't think they got enough for him either. And on top of that, they traded him to a divisional rival. I'd be perplexed. And Denver Broncos fans, they go to London and they finally get a win. And then they come back and they trade one of the best players, Bradley Chubb. I'd be perplexed by that. I'd also be perplexed by Russell Wilson, period. Uh, I've been perplexed by that guy for years. And I think Broncos fans are probably figuring it out. But Broncos fans... The Bronco fan base, definitely perplexed. Probably given up on the year by now. Prob- this, this Chubb trade might be enough for them to say, hey, maybe next year. And last but not least, yours truly, the Rams fan base, has to be a little perplexed. I know I am. I'm perplexed by a lot of things. I'm perplexed by the offensive genius, Sean McVay, not being able to figure things out, not figuring out how to get Tutu Atwell involved, how how Van Jefferson can finally return and not get a target, how we cannot figure out how to run the ball and protect Matthew Stafford on a consistent basis, how we can allow Jimmy G to look like the best quarterback in the league over and over again. I'm also a little perplexed we didn't make a move, but I kind of understand it. And I'm sure Les Snead was trying to make a trade. Hey, it takes two to tango. We've talked about that. That offer they made for Brian Burns, a little over the top in my opinion. It would have been great to have him now. They were making the effort to bring guys in. Just wasn't happening. But I'm perplexed as a Ram fan for a lot of reasons. But I'm still hopeful they can get this turned around. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop a video on our YouTube channel in the next few days that is going to explain how the Rams get to the playoffs. It's not out of reach, that's for sure, and I'm going to explain how. And by the way, speaking of that YouTube channel, cool news, we finally have our YouTube handle. It's a new thing YouTube is doing, our handle, not too hard to figure out, LA Rams Up. So what you do is go to www.youtube.com forward slash at LA Rams up. 
and there you have it. You'll be on our YouTube channel. But that's it for our who's pumped, who's pissed, who's perplexed. Checking in on the fan bases across the league. Back in a minute with our Rams Up Straight Up Game Picks. Let's get into our Rams Up Straight Up Game Picks for Week 9. First, a look back at last week, and I didn't do too well. And actually, it wasn't that I did awful or anything. I was 9-6, and six, but all three of my competitors were too better than me. And where did I go wrong? I was the only one that picked the Rams. Nothing I can do about that. That's just in my nature. But just about every other game that had divergence in picks, the Panthers-Falcons, the Raiders-Saints, the Colts Commanders, I got them all wrong. And then there were a couple games we all got wrong. The Browns beating the Bengals and the Broncos beating the Jags. We were all wrong on both of those. So let's move on to next week, week nine. See if I can do a little bit better and make up some ground without going out on a limb. There are a few games that are going to get some split opinions, I think. Not the first one. Eagles will beat the Texans. Chargers at the Falcons. Chargers coming off their bye. You see what happened to the Rams coming off their bye. Falcons in first place in the AFC South at home. Chargers got to travel across the country. I'm taking the Falcons. Dolphins at the Bears. Bears are going to put up a fight. But the Dolphins, they just got so many weapons now with Waddle and Hill. I'll take the Dolphins in that one. Panthers at the Bengals. Man, Bengals. Did not look good on Monday night. Really missing Jamar Chase, but I think they'll beat the Panthers at home. Packers at the Lions. You know, I'm tempted to take the Lions. They can put up so many points. And the Packers really struggling on offense. But I swore the Lions off. Not going to do it. I'm taking the Packers. Raiders at Jags. You know, the Raiders looked so dismal last week against the Saints. The Jags just can't close games. Where do you go with this game? I'm taking the home team. I'll take the Jags. Colts at the Patriots. Colts are in trouble. Going nowhere fast. Patriots are in the hunt. Four and four. Playing pretty good football. I'll take Bill and the Patriots over the Colts. And the Bills at the Jets. This is a big game. Jets. I'm going to take the Bills in this one. That would really be going out on a limb to take the Jets in this one. But the Jets could put up a pretty good fight. Keep an eye on that game. Vikings at the Commanders. Vikings just flying underneath the radar, cruising in first place in the NFC North. Not a lot of stress on them. They'll beat the Commanders. Seahawks at the Cardinals. Now, the public money is going to go on the Seahawks in this one. They're going to start getting a lot of love. But I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one. Going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Seahawks come back to earth a little bit, and the Cardinals get the win. Rams at the Buccaneers. (laughs) What am I going to do with this game? I'm going to take the Rams, of course. Uh, I don't feel super confident about it, but the Rams have done pretty well against the Bucs, especially recently, and against Tom Brady as well, so I'll take the Bucs. Titans at the Chiefs. I'll take the Chiefs, the Titans. They're a tough team. One of the better defenses in the league. One of the better defenses against the Rush, actually. They might be the best. 
but I'm going to take the Chiefs at home. That's going to be a brawl in Kansas City. And the Ravens at the Saints. Saints lights out against the Raiders offense last week. Ravens offense is a different beast, though. I take the Ravens to get the road through. Those are my Rams up straight up picks for week nine of the 2022 season. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at ramsup.com. You'll find links to all of our episodes and a link to our YouTube channel. And you can also leave us a voicemail from our website. Don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's really appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.